Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Cola to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. And no matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. We're also brought to you by SeatGeek, the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, all you have to do is use promo code ODDS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Cousin Sal. We're here with Master Tate Frazier, the CEO of this podcast. He barely has any of his voice left. What happened, Tate? I was Ferris Bueller for Halloween, and uh, I had to live up to the character. And ironically enough, now I'm sick, and now I have no voice. So the world works in mysterious ways. All right, Halloween was either, we're taping this on Tuesday, so it was either tomorrow or uh, three days ago, you're talking about my party, and maybe yes. you went to a, a few other parties on Saturday? I was very happy to be at your party. I kept it together. Thank uh, you. Nursed a few drinks, uh, talked to Ken as much as I could. Our friend Ken, yeah. Yes, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> and then and moseyed on with my evening, and uh, it led to this. So I should have stayed, Sal. I'm surprised Ken let you leave. Yeah, you, you <laughs> like Ferris Bueller, you sound like you need a day off. We may have to go through with this whole charade. And then you went where, somewhere in Venice. You had your buddies, uh, some of the ringer guys here. You had... Uh, nephew Kyle, Mark Titus was with you, right? Uh, Mark Titus stayed at your party, like the like the sage older man that he is. Right. Uh, he wanted to hang out and, and continue <laughs> drinking some beer, so that was very smart. I took uh, producer Kyle with me, wow. and uh, debauchery uh, ensued. Wow, that's something else. Well, yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, you could have you could have scored at my part. Some girls were like, "Hey, I want to meet your new friends," so I took them over to my lock it in friends. Like, no, 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 not those guys. These guys here. Ferris Bueller and his buddy. But, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I appreciate it. And, and then, they, you, you and then they told off. us that they were all married, and uh, Ken said that they were not. And again, Ken lied to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, that sounds right. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Let me uh, bring on the other part, big part of this podcast, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Brian, Darren, the parlay kid. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's going on, buddy? Well, here's what's going on. We are going on because we were nominated for an iHeartRadio Award, podcast award. You know of this, Tate, right? Yes, very excited for you guys. In the sports category. And I'm going to go over this because here's who we're up against. I don't see any way we, we should lose here. I really don't. Uh we're up against Pardon My Take. Now, I like those guys, that big cat, and uh, and and uh, I like that podcast, but uh, we're just better. I don't know what to say. We're better, like top to bottom. We put out a better product. Good good, good job by you, big cat. I hope to see you at the awards, but we're going to win. 30 for 30? What is that, Tate? What is 30 for 30 podcast? I don't know. Never heard of it. What is They run a 30 for 30 and then they <laughs> talk about it? <laughs> yeah, something like that. They need You need to recap a documentary? That, that's what the documentary is for. Harry, that's we a, need you to run 30 yards for us. <laughs> so it is 30 yards, yeah. If you could run 30 yards in 30 days, <laughs> we'll win. Um, football, what is this? Football, fantasy footballers? Come on. That, that's, too, that's too narrow. Too narrow a scope. We got those guys. I've never heard it. Uh, the Herd, I like Colin Coward very much, but his podcast is not better than mine. I can tell you that much. Not better than ours. And Bill Simmons. Uh, 
I guess it's good when I'm on, but I don't know, Tate. Yeah, I think that's the unfair part of this, right? You know, yeah. you get a bump from you being on the other podcast. Right. And I mean, I guess Bill comes on this podcast too. So it, it's he fair. does. It, it's a home and home. Yeah. I just I just don't get his podcast at all. <laughs> I just don't get it. No, no, what I what I would say is we cause we're in the sports category, but we we cover so much more. Harry lost fifty two pounds and in uh in like a half a year or something, a little more than half a year. We cover health, we cover uh sex talk. There's just so much right, Harry, don't you think? <laughs> Plenty of sex talk, even though it's uh, the hippity dippity has been on the uh, on the IR for a little bit, but plenty usually. Right. Okay. It slowed down a little, and yes, you've gained weight back. But you know, at one point, we were you know we were for bettering um, our our fellow listeners, and um, I think we continue that. So I don't know. What do you do, Tate? You go to iHeartRadio dot com and you vote for us. Yeah, you put in your email so they can spam you for the rest of your life, and yes. then you vote five times. You can only vote five times a day, so we need you to make a bunch of emails and continue to vote five times a day for Harry. Yeah. Harry, you want this award, right? So badly, so badly. So badly. <laughs> you hear that? That's sincere, folks. This would fit nicely on Harry's mantle next to the nothing that he's won in his life. The I fleshlight. Think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, this would be perfect. Well, Harry, I uh, Harry, I assume you guys are betting five times a day or betting. I know you're betting five times a day. Are you voting? Are you oh, voting yeah. five times? Okay, good. Good. Let's try to win this thing. Oh my God. Uh the uproar everyone would be in if we want if we want this award. <laughs> yeah, I should probably mention at the end of this podcast, I'll be interviewing Gary Myers. He has a book out, How About Them Cowboys? Inside the Huddle with the Stars and Legends of America's team. Guy's been covering football for 40 years. I'm gonna ask him about the Cowboys out of this trade with the Mari Cooper. I'm going to add him, ask him about Jason Garrett, how long he should stick around, because they did fire a coach in the NFL. It happened. It finally happened. Hugh Jackson had won three out of 40 games, and they let him go. Can you believe it, Tate? Gone. Just like that. I think it was well-deserved at this point. <laughs> if I, I think if anyone deserved it, it was Hugh. After going 0-16 and then saying that uh, no, nobody else could do what he did uh, in going 0-16, I think we both could have gone 0-16. I think everyone could have gone 0-16. I think we could have. Uh, we would have done a great job going 0-16. He was plus 350 in the beginning of August to get fired. I did have him, and I had Dirk Cutter. But on this podcast in early August, Bri, who did we have? We, had, we gave out Dirk Cutter, right? Yeah, you and I gave out Dirk Cutter at uh, five to one, but geez, plus three fifty for for Hugh Jackson. I mean, we just didn't think. Well, I didn't think Cleveland was, you know, ha- had any sense in them to uh, actually fire him. But I, I can't believe it happened. It's such a sad. It was such a sad day to find that out yesterday. It really was. We had so much more money to make off of him. Uh, Harry, you had Todd Bowles. He's still sticking around. He's still there, you know. Uh, they won right off the bat with uh, that big win against Detroit. So I think uh, with that and plus having not much of an offense this year, uh, he got a bit of a reprieve. They've looked bad in their losses, but they do have three wins, so I think he's going to be able to probably stick out the season now. All right, and Parley Kid, Harbaugh, I'm not even sure which Harbaugh that was, but 30-1 to 1 odds. <laughs> he has a tough game this week. but Yeah, Harbaugh, the Ravens, Sal. uh mm-hmm. I took a stab at a long shot there. Uh, even though I think, let's face it, they lose to uh, Pittsburgh this week. There could be some rumblings down in Maryland All right. uh, about maybe Harbaugh on his way out. And I still think he's an excellent coach. I'd take him on the Cowboys any day. Yeah, sure. Second, uh, Maybe his second coach fired. But Jason Garrett still, still has a job. It's very, very, very interesting what goes on here. Let's talk about, you know, people have written in, like, hey, you guys should talk about the games more than, um, than just, like, these props and everything. And you know what I tell them? I, I write all of them to F off, and that's why we're the number one podcast 
uh, in America. <laughs> but no, let's talk. There are three big NFL games this week. Um, Harry, let's talk. Start with you and the Packers, Patriots. I think the Pats are minus six and a half. It's been jumping around. Went down to five and a half, and then it's six and a half again. Which way are you looking? You know, I'm looking a little bit towards the Packers, actually. Uh, the NFC North is very much up for grabs. Meanwhile, the Pats have a two-game lead over Miami in the AFC East. But really, it's like three since they've already beaten the Dolphins. Uh, even though the Packers lost to the Rams, they proved they have the ability to play with anyone. Aaron Jones looked crisp running the ball, I think, uh, versus the Rams, averaging 7.2 yards per carry in that game. Uh, that's something it seems... The Pats can't get going if Sony Michelle isn't in the lineup. They looked lost trying to figure out a running game versus the Lowly Bills the last night. Uh, Brady and the Ro- and Rodgers have about the same yards passing this year. Meanwhile, Rodgers has the much better touchdown to interception ratio, thirteen to one, compared to Tom's so so sixteen to seven. And Devontae Adams might be the key in this game. He's really rolling lately. Three straight games with 130 receiving yards or more, and he has 52 receptions. The Pats' leading wide receiver is Chris Hogan with 23 catches. That's it. Plus, this is not a do-or-die game at all for the Pats. This sort of is for the for the for the Packers, where it's a it's a mess in the uh, like I said in the North, so it's up for grabs. The, the the Patriots still have a game against Buffalo, two versus the Jets, so the division is easily theirs while it's a much more important game, like I said, for the Packers. Plus the six and a half, I'll take Rodgers and Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, it, look, every game on the schedule, none of them are more important to the Patriots than they are to anyone else, and yet the Patriots still win and foolishly cover like they did last night. I'm not too worried about their offense. Like Brady's three of the last four games is over 300 yards. Um, they're doing this without Gronk. Gronk is doing absolutely nothing this year. Can't even get open, and uh, I the don't, running game did look bad last night. Yeah, really bad. Well, they'll get didn't uh, get anything going. They can't, and you know James White and the flare is is a different is different from you know fifteen eighteen carries from uh, from uh, Sony Michelle. But I don't know sure. what to take out of the Packers game. They 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 held on to they were winning ten nothing. I wonder if they're just not in the same league as everybody else uh, as some of these upper echelon teams. Because for them to blow that game last week, like that seemed to be their only hope in terms of uh, separating themselves. Which one? Do you, which way do you like Tate on this one? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to ride with Harry. I like the Packers. I think the Patriots have a lot of problems. Mm. I mean, running game is a big thing. I mean, the fact that Cordero Patterson started at running back last night for them says a lot about where they feel their running game is right now. So, yeah. And again, my voice is going away. Is Go ahead. It, yeah. Yeah, take a break. <laughs> you, you, you've said enough. You've said too much, Tate. All right, yeah, I'm always saying too much. And so. by the way, Harry brought up Aaron Jones. He's a, he's a friend of the show. We interviewed him in July. And, you know, another reason why our heart radio needs to recognize us is the Best sports podcast. Big, Who big else game. is going to Fort Worth? That's right. Nobody. Nobody's going. Um, <laughs> let's go to New Orleans and the Parlay Kid, where the Saints will be playing the Rams. Um, the Saints are one point favorite. And Parlay Kid, I mentioned this on Against All Odds. The last time it was this, uh, not I on know. Against All Odds, on Lock It In. The last time an undefeated team went this late in the season as an underdog was the freaking Carolina Panthers, Tate. In 2015, Parley Kid? Yes. They were 11 and 0, and they won, They beat yeah. us like 34 14 or 33 14 or something. I yeah. still remember that. Yeah, and so I'm pretty sure on Lock It In, you, you like the Saints this week, right? Is that what you were saying? 
I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick it yet. I haven't picked it yet. I think it's too early. But, okay. But I'm okay. I'm well, maybe forced. I can convince you to go, the, go, go ahead. the other way here, Sal, because uh, you know if I I was looking at this game closely. This is a great game. I mean, this is the game of the year so far. I think not just the game of the week. Mm-hmm. It's probably the game of the year. Uh, possibly the NFC Championship game matchup. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see. But I break it down like this. So if you look at all the four stages of the game. And we start with the coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got two excellent coaches here, right? McVeigh and Peyton. Uh, let's just call that an, like a wash right there. They're both great coaches, okay. very good head coaches, et cetera. Offense. Saints offense versus Rams offense. So I, I know the Saints offense is good. But let's, let's, uh, let's look at some Breeze's numbers. The last game, I know he's completing 77% of his passes, mm-hmm. which I think you mentioned maybe even on Twitter today. Yep. But... Uh, he threw for 120 yards against the, against the Vikings uh, the other night. Uh, obviously, certainly not exceptional numbers. Been checking the ball down uh, very much as of late. And look, he's going to take what the defense gives him. I, I get that. He's a very bright quarterback. But I don't think any offense is nearly as complete as this Rams offense with Goff uh, and obviously Gurley and, of course, a very good receiving core, uh, even without uh, – uh, Connor Cup, uh, Cooper Cup, yep. for them, uh, yep. for the Rams. Yep. Cooper Cup. Oh my gosh, that's all right. Thank you for uh, that's okay. There. Uh, for Cooper Cup, who uh, my fantasy team is struggling without him. So holy yeah. smokes! Oh, I feel so uh, bad. But for now, so bad. The, it's like seven. I know. One. I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> and let's go. Let's go to the defense real quick, Sal. All right. Defense. The Rams uh, picked up uh, Dante Fowler today, I believe, from the Jaguars. Right. Yep. Not maybe a great pickup, but a guy who's got eight games here before he becomes a free agent to make some moolah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think he's going to kind of maybe kickstart this uh, defense, which has been a little underwhelming for Wade Phillips. I think, But I still think their defense is better than the Saints, and I think their special teams is better than the Saints. I think they're better in every phase of the game. Coaching is a wash. Home field advantage, obviously, for the Saints. But now the Rams with this offense on turf, I think I still think I think the the Rams win this game. So uh, they're gonna obviously they're gonna win. They're gonna cover. Uh, you mm. can, I think they're gonna win by fourteen. This wow! Game, so wow! I'll lock that in. The only yep. thing I would say is the yep. Saints really showed. With uh, Brees had 120 yards passing on Sunday night, and so they're showing defensive coordinators a whole new look. How they beat a team, how they scored 30. Now I know their defense scored, so they really scored 23. But yep. how, how do you? What do you? How? What do you stop now when Brees is throwing for a buck 20 and they're still scoring? Uh, they're sco- still scoring at will, basically. Um, boy, the Rams are good. It really is a great game. I don't know. I don't know which way I want to go with it. I have to figure this out. But that Dante Fowler move is big because, like you said, Wade Phillips needs to pressure uh, Drew Brees, who's throwing for 77, high 70s uh, right there. Tate, do you have any any claim on this? I do like the Rams in this game for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know uh, necessarily why, but I, I just feel like the Rams, everyone's doubting them and expecting them to, this to be the game that they do lose, sort of like what happened with your Cowboys a few years ago on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought the you yeah. know, Panthers would travel there and lose that game, and then uh, that kind of motivated them right. to show up and get a win. Rams won twenty six twenty last year. It should be and, a good one. And, and yeah, and so you made a good point on the show today yeah. on Lock It In about they've only I think they've only covered actually one of their last five games. The Rams, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, is that was that what it was? Yeah, something to that nature. They haven't played great football right in a month. Like like 
all-around great football mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, this could be the way. This could be the game that motivates them to do so. Yeah. This could be it. Here's an interesting stat. Uh, I meant to bring it up today. I'm locking in 2-10-1. Not that they're a huge underdog, but if they remain an underdog, they're 2-10-1 in their last 13 games as an underdog, the Rams. So that's interesting. Uh, Brother Bry. Wow. Let's cover the Steelers-Ravens. Ravens, a three-point favorite. Boy, this goes back and forth. This is so hard to pick, right? Yeah, thanks for uh, leaving me with this game, guys. appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but do we love this game or do we hate it, right? It's one of those games that it's like it's probably really entertaining if you're following it, but you kind of just hate it because it's always – yeah. Always seems to be close. It always seems to be the same game. But I'm actually really surprised right now that it is minus three for the Ravens. I know that's what it should be. The line should probably be minus three whoever was home. But I, I feel like this line's definitely coming down. Right? I feel like money's going to be on the Steelers. This probably comes down to like two or one and a half. I mean, I could be wrong here. But I don't under any circumstances, I don't think I could take the Ravens minus three in this game. I feel like... Pittsburgh's played really well. They've won three of four. They already got beat up by the Ravens at home. These games are typically close, so they're not going to get beat up again. I feel like at worst worst case, the Ravens win this game by three. The Ravens really haven't played well at all. They're one and three, including in their last four, including a loss to Cleveland. So I don't know. I definitely, I definitely, definitely would not take the Ravens in this game minus three. I would look towards the Steelers plus three. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't love it though. Yeah, the Ravens. Did you say they've won three out of four in this series? They, they in um, September thirtieth. Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's won three of four, but uh, the Pittsburgh's Ravens have had probably just as much success. Yeah, yeah. Right, and the Ravens won September thirtieth. Yeah, by twelve. This is a tough one, and it's funny. The sharps will go. That, that's that's what separates them. I was getting on Todd Furman's case, like. We we bet a team and they lose and we're not touching them for a month probably. Now that's hard to do in, in pro football, but we don't hold grudges. Uh, we do hold grudges. The sharp players don't hold grudges, and this will be the third week in a row they'll have to back the Ravens if they like them. Um, so I do, for that reason, think that it will stay around three. But um, right now, I think it's a, a stay away. I like the way the Steelers are playing, although they did some things that drove me crazy. They didn't. Your your boy didn't cover a kick. In that game against the Browns, it was driving me nuts. Uh, I had him on the money line, Tate. What's mm. going on with what, Swisher? What, what's his name? I don't know what that was. I just couldn't what's believe it? that no one knew Switch. the rule. Can yeah. you believe no one knew the rule? I know. The field? It's Not a freak. Well, it looks like a punt. I guess I could let it fall, you know. And then uh, the Browns luckily didn't convert yeah. anything. But the Steelers are running the ball so well, you may not even want Le'Veon Bell back <laughs> anytime soon. It's very strange. All right, that's our NFL thing. Let's talk World Series. We'll wrap up baseball uh, after this break. Hey, you know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. But you know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash O-D-D-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. The smartest way to hire. 
All right, we're back on Against All Odds. Uh, World Series. Red Sox won in five. They were the better team. I feel this way. I feel they were the better team, but we could have seen more games. Do you, Parley Kid, do you agree with that? Could've... That's a great assessment, Sal. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Hats off to the Red Sox. Um, you know, when you win 108 games and you, you kind of run away with things all year long, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure heading into the playoffs to kind of finish that to seal the deal. And they did. Uh, I think we all should feel a little cheated, though, that this game, that this series didn't go six and maybe possibly seven games. Yeah. So that was, that was, I think, the biggest disappointment of it all. Well, yeah, Dave Roberts was the biz- biggest disappointment. I mean, not, not having those oh, big bats oh, in in the first two games in Boston. Like, you have your top three home run hitters in there, and they're not playing together. I think only one yeah. start, but went back and forth. And then just taking Hill out and taking yeah. Bueller out. Like, those were subplots that those poor guys. All right, well, maybe Hill was tired or something. But, Jesus, you're, sure. you're, you're a computer now managing. That, that's all it is. There's no—and and I said I said on Simmons blog, I said— if this, uh, you know, Simmons, I, I think he has like the second best sports podcast, but I went on it anyway. And I said, um, I said, if baseball games were like this during the year, during the summer, no one would ever watch. Viewership would be down to 10% if anyone managed like this. So it's it's one or the other, right? Is, is this the right way to manage or is this the wrong way to marriage, mar- marriage to manage? Um, Brother Brian, what were your takes from the series? Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was like for as great as the game was Friday night. Speaking of tired, Darren fell asleep early for that game. He fell Is that true? Eleventh inning, he couldn't stay couldn't stay up till four a.m. Uh, to watch that uh, game. I feel bad for you Wait guys. You guys, <laughs> you guys received a text from me about three thirty in the morning. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Harry, no, you right? He did. Well, yeah, that's, 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 I'm pretty sure that text when I said I thought you were sleeping at eleven, you came back with "fuck off, Harry." That's what you <laughs> Yeah, but I think he had that on timer. I think we all have that in our in our, in our queue, our texting queue. <laughs> yeah, but for as great as like Friday's game was and Saturday's game was really good too with the comeback. Everything about Boston was very boring, right? And the Dodgers too this year. The games just they just seemed boring. I mean, you you just got a sense even when the Red Sox were tied or it was two one or one nothing mm-hmm. that they were winning those games. I mean, there was not. Not a ton of drama in those games. I, f- I felt like you knew what was going to happen uh, yep. right away. Right. All right, Harry. Now, you last week on this podcast, we kind of cheated. Not really, but we went. We picked the MVP winner. Um, we st- stayed away from Sale. We stayed away from Kershaw because they were pitching game one, a game that was going on right as we were recording. So, like, well, let's not bet either. So, neither of those guys came close to winning anyway. Harry, you did have David Price, who I believe should have been MVP. What what odds did you get for him? Oh, he was uh, he was at the time uh, on sportsbook dot com eighteen to one. Oh. I mean, he was he had a one point nine eight ERA oh. in the series. He was two and zero, oh, uh, you know, and he pitched two thirds of uh, no run ball in the game three, where all the pitchers went and all the innings went. So uh, I said he would have uh, uh, would he, he would have K's uh, during this time oh. period too in the World Series too. He had. He had nine. Uh, he had ten Ks in the World Series, and if you include his, you know, the way he's been playing, uh, the last game against Houston um, in the last three starts uh, of the American League Championship Series, too, he, he pitched in the last nineteen two thirds innings. He had nineteen yeah. Ks, three runs he gave up in just three separate innings, too, and he was three and zero. I mean, Pierce was clutch, no doubt about it. But still, I think not only was Price the sentimental choice, but he flat out deserved it. All right. 
Well, let's... And, he beat, and he beat Verlander to clinch the AL, and then he beat Kershaw. <laughs> well, he, he, didn't, Kershaw. he didn't embarrass himself in that 18-inning game, and he had two quality starts otherwise. And then what, what more do you need to do in a World Series where everyone's bat, well, batting 160, you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, can I weigh on, in sure. on that, Sal? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I, I, am, uh, I can't believe that Pierce won that MVP. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is coming from a guy that I, I don't want Harry to be, right? right? No. I don't, I'm not rooting for Harry. No one is. Right? No one in the so, world. But no one is, right. The whole world is against Harry. Oh, Tate, but, Tate is. I'm sorry. Oh, Pierce. Boy. <laughs> so, am, I right in th- am I right looking at these stats that Pierce had four hits? He was four for twelve in this World Series. Yeah, with I three guess home so. runs. Right. It's, okay. You shouldn't even qualify. Four hits wins you the MVP. Right. Like I, I know three of them were home runs, a couple clutch. Uh-huh. But how does that when you I, and, and so five people vote on the MVP? Is that right for the, for the World Series? Oh man! I thought it was a three to two vote for Pierce. Wow! I didn't overprice. I, I read that it was three to two. Five people vote. Wow! Like, what is that? I don't know. That's a, that is that. This is Harry. This that really was a travesty. Price was by far and away, and I'm not a Price fan. By far, far and away, the MVP of that World Series. Not even close. I mean, he was he was warming up in all the other games too. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. That, it's, what what more could the guy have done? It, that was this is unbelievable for a guy who went four for twelve in the World Series. Who was, uh, who was the female, ridiculous. Eugenia Bell, who was the female boxing uh, judge that screwed up? But was it, uh, well, there's been a couple now, but was Adelaide Bird? Who Brian was knows the name. Um, yeah, uh, Bird, Bird. Well, yeah, she did Bird. The, she was yeah. a true, but one of them said she couldn't see the ring. Uh, that wasn't Adelaide Bird. That was Canelo Tribble. <laughs> is, is it possible that they, like these people didn't have, they had obstructed uh, seats or something? Like they couldn't, they couldn't see? Oh, he only got four hits? I'm sorry. It looked, it's from our vantage point, it looked like he had eight. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. All right, well, let's talk about let's talk about next year. Um, the odds are out for next year. Um, now, a lot could go on. There's a bunch of free agents out there. There's Josh Donaldson. There's Hunter Pence. Uh, Bryce Harper, where he ends up, obviously, is big. Bryce Harper's the youngest by far out of the big name. Um, he's 26 out of the big name free agents. Machado, obviously. Kinsler, Adam Jones, Dallas Keiko. Uh, the, great, the great Matt Harvey is out there. Who do you see, Harry, is winning this thing? Now the Astros and Red Sox are the favorite at seven to one. You like either of them? You know what? I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick. I do. I'm gonna go with the Astros at seven to one. Uh, manager AJ Hinch is a hundred games over five hundred as manager of Houston. They were fifty-seven and twenty-four, major league best on the road this year, and they led the majors in run differential at plus two hundred and sixty-three. You mentioned Keuchel's a. Uh, a free agent, so we'll see what happens if they re-sign him. But Ber- they still have Berlander and they have Cole. They'll be back next year, and still that potent batting uh, bat- batting order. They have unfinished work to be done, and that's getting back to the World Series, which they won two years ago. So I'm going to take the Astros at seven to one. Yeah, they were a disappointment. They crushed. I mean, they got to they got to Kimbrel early, and they won that game one. It's like, oh, that's it. That's it for the Red Sox. And the Red that hats off. You're right to the Red Sox for winning four straight. Taking that series and then taking the Dodgers out. Parlay Kid, who do you like for the World Series next year? Yeah, so this is this is a tough one uh, right now to call. I mean, I could sit here and easily and say, well, I mean, the Yanks at eight to one, uh-huh. knowing that Cashman is probably going to make some type of splash here, but I'm not going to go that route. So you know what, the Cubs at twelve to one, Sal. They had, a, I think, it, 
uh, a strange season this year. Uh, they won 95 games, and yet, you know that there was they had uh, in 40 games they scored one or less runs, basically wow. zero runs in 40 games this year. Wow! One fourth of their games, they did not score more than one run, and they still won 95 games. Bryant was limited. Rough season from from Rizzo. Uh, Javi Baez is kind of emerging as, as a as a superstar here, there. But I think Epstein, Sal, seeing his uh, former team there, the Red Sox, win uh, another World Series, I think he's going to be determined to kind of get this Cubs team back to maybe where we thought they might go on a on a bit of a run here for for a while. So I think maybe at twelve to one. All right. I think the Cubs could be a team of interest okay. right now. Yeah, I know they scored one or fewer in that whole last week of the season, I think. They <laughs> couldn't get anything going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Brother Bry, what are you going to take your Yankees? Just take the Yankees. No, I, you know, it's funny. I mean, if you're going to go American League, you have to go Yankees, Red Sox, or Astros. Like, I was looking at some of the odds because there was good odds for, like, Tampa or the A's, but... It's just not worth it. I mean, how do, how do, how can those teams win consecutive series against those three teams? I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of unfair at this point. But so I was looking at the National League um, because there really isn't a lot of a ton of value. But I do like the Braves at fourteen to one. I know I kind of shit on them uh, midway through the season, but they hung tough and they won that they won that division. And uh, I mean, it seemed like. Everything you heard, and I thought they weren't going to win this division this year because everything you heard was 2019 or 2020 was going to be their year. Uh, they they really hung in there for for as young as they are. I mean, I, I, the fact that Anibal Sanchez was like their second best pitcher, but they have all these really good young pitchers. Their lineup is really young. I think Marquez is a free agent, but they just have so many studs that are coming up. I mean, they won 90 games this year. I think at 14 to one, there's a good chance. I think they're going to be a top two or three team in the NL, and at those odds, I like them. Again, while it's going to be tough to beat the American League team, it seems almost impossible at this point to beat these AL teams. But at 14 to one, I like those. All right. Well, I'm going to go with your Yankees because I know you got you're hiding something there. You you guys are hiding something, and the team's hiding something. And you had 100 wins last year or this year. You're eight to one odds. I think that's nice. You're going to make a splash in free agency, like you said. I don't know if I have a feeling it's Machado is going to beat up on the Dodgers, and it's going to be some sweet irony, but that's what I say. So I say Yankees. Brother Bryce says Braves. Parley Kid, you say, uh, or Harry, you say Astros. And Parley Kid, well. Uh, Astros at 7 to 1. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs. Cubs, the Cubs. Cubs. The Cubs are going to do it. They're going to score one run in 162 games and still, still win this whole thing. All right. <laughs> All right, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make-Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail, tackling make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This week, Halloween, probably right when you're listening to this, it'll be Halloween. This week, I'm asking which athlete, past or present, would you most want to hang out with after he or she devoured a bucket of Halloween candy? Is it Dick Vitale? A little stretch for athlete there, but three to one. Rob Gronkowski, seven to two. Cyborg, MMA star, six to one. Or the field? I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of field answers at eight to one. Harry, which way are you going? Who do you want to eat candy with? I'm going to go with the field too. I'm going to go with my favorite New York Giant of all time, 
UNC proud Tate Lawrence Taylor. I love it, Harry. I love it. I mean, <laughs> oh, you may yeah. not get much it's, of that candy because there's no telling where the state he'll be. Well, I was going to say, we right, didn't be, care- exactly be careful. Didn't be careful. Be careful with this. It's a sponsored <laughs> yeah, segment. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, anyways, LT would be simply the best. Uh, being a, Like I said, being a Giants fan, I would love to hear stories of him and Parcells and what 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 type of stuff went on with Parcells and Sims and everything? It would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell him also he was amazing in any given Sunday. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'd love to know what was going on during the filming of that with all the celebrities and all the movie stars that was in football players that was in on that. And most importantly, I'd ask him his opinion if I would look good in one of his loop hoop earrings with my perfectly shaped bald head. More than, by the way, Tate. More than a few women have told me that fact that my head is perfectly shaped. More than a few. What's that? A handful? More than a few. Let me hear some names. Well, who's more than a few? Who said that? <laughs> Let's get him on the line. Let's call him. Yeah. What do you think, well, Tate? Tate, what are you thinking? A little uh, earring for me? One of those ones that hung down like his? I think that'd be pretty good. Harry, what? <laughs> what? I don't understand. What? I asked you who you want to eat uh, Mike and Ike's with, and you're telling me this whole thing with <laughs> Harry. Martha. You can't ask all those questions with candy in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. How are you going to do it? <laughs> Steal mm. the bucket. All right, Parley kid. <laughs> who would you like to hang out with? The <laughs> bucket of Halloween candy. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be taking the field, and I'm going to be taking the greatest quarterback of all time. Your pal and mine, Tony Romo. Yes. So thanks to you, I had the chance to Darren, meet. Not, Darren, I'm sorry. Darren, I'm sorry. It's not April. <laughs> what does that mean? It's not April. <laughs> not April. Not April Fool's Day. Oh, I see. Uh, Harry, Harry nice. shut up. Harry. Nice one, Let him talk. Nice. Let him talk. Harry. Harry. It's Halloween. Yeah. You know, let Halloween. me get this out about Romo. You just mentioned LT. I'm going to talk about my boy, Tony Romo. <laughs> Sal, thanks to you, I had a chance to meet Romo, spend a few days with him. Couldn't meet a nicer guy. But Sal, as we know, he's one of these guys, he is always on. Whether it's driving 100 miles per hour through the streets of Texas, (laughs) or rocking out the Steel Panther, or breaking down the Cowboys offense on his 200-inch TV. (laughs) If Blue Gatorade gets him amped, can you imagine... What uh, it would be like have a tub full of sugar. Right. Take Tony Romo on the field. I love it. I love it. And I'll tell you what, Parley kid, I'm seeing him next week because he's coming out here to do the Rams game. So I will, uh, I will, I will, I'll send a message and maybe we'll crack open a, a Kit Kat in your honor. What do you think of that? <laughs> I love it. Right. I love it. Brother Bry, well, let me guess, Bo Jackson? <laughs> oh, that would be, yeah, that would be good. But yeah, he's tamed it down a little bit. Right. Though. Right, right. Although I do like those, uh, I do like some of those commercials he's been in. Yeah, no, he's keeping it going. Um, yeah, they're good. But I, I'm, I'm going to go with Gronk. I'm going to keep it easy. I mean, I think I'd want to hang out with him the most anyway of, of any player uh, in sports right now. But you, if, if you can guarantee I'm not going to get arrested, I, that, that he would be the one I'd want to <laughs> after uh, all the candy eating. I, I could just involve, like picture it involving a lot of pumpkin smashing, yeah. scaring the crap out of kids in the street, shaving cream, giving out Tide Pods to the kids and telling them not to eat it. I think it would just be a ton of fun. Um, but, again, you'd have to just guarantee I couldn't get arrested. Right. A shout-out to my co-host, Rachel Bonetta from Lock It In. She dressed as a Tide Pod King Rob Kronkowski at the Halloween party. Right, Tate? You saw that. Yeah, I didn't. I did see that. That um, was nice. Now, Gronk would be good. Gronk would be good for that. I definitely could see. Yeah, toilet papering people's houses. It would be some <laughs> night for you, uh, Brother Bry. Uh, I'm going to say Nick Swisher. 
my new uh, acquaintance, I wouldn't call him a friend, but I see him like twice a week now, Nick Swisher, former Yankee slugger. He does not need any candy of any kind. He is on, talk about 100 miles an hour. Uh, he is on fire all the time, and even though he still calls me Uncle Sal, uh, this is the guy, because I would wa- want to see the explosion if he if he downed a, a, a box of sugar daddies or something. But he is something else. He's fun. I would hate his guts if I didn't like him so much. Nick Swisher is my pick for who I would like to eat a candy bucket with or watch uh, eat a, a Halloween candy bucket. Uh, what would you say, Tate? Who'd it's definitely Dickie V. That was a great one. Oh, Dickie uh, V? Yeah, I just, mainly just because like every single time he got a new Tootsie Roll, he would just go, oh, baby, come on. <laughs> so excited. I think that would kill him. Uh, yeah, and exactly. If I was there for, you know, I yeah. get a little double action. Right. Get both. Did you say Tootsie Roll? Tootsie Roll. Oh, Tootsie. Okay. All right. Good. I don't have a voice. All right. I thought, we were gonna have to, I thought I was going to have to have a talk with you. All right. All right. That's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain or no matter how perfectly shaped Harry's head is, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly, Captain's orders. All right, let's get in the sharp tank. Now, Brother Bry, what's going on here? I jumped on your pick last week. What did we have? Yeah, Texas A&M, right? Texas A&M. Yeah. Getting three against Mississippi State. Now, I will say I've had a lot of bad beats. I mean, this wasn't a bad beat, but I just mm-hmm. felt like they should have covered that three in this game. I mean, they were down. I mean, they were leading at half. They gave up three third and really long plays, two for a touchdown. They had another third and 21. They gave up an 84-yard pass. And then even still, Texas A&M had first and goal on the 10 with like four minutes left down down eight. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to get a score and at least cover the three, uh, but we did not. But mm. I think when you back me, we're, we're historically back. Yeah, I know. I know. We have to figure that out. We have to really figure that out. And you won money on Saturday, too, so we, we, have, to, uh, we have to come together. I somehow together. won money, even though I, I felt like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I know I've been getting. I was getting killed in baseball. Yeah, the but, baseball. Yeah, no, you won I the baseball game. Sorry. All right. So here's how Sharp Tank works. Well, These won, guys, yeah. they present me their bets, and I'm going to back one of them, and hopefully we're going to win. Uh, parlay kid, let's start with you because you're you won your parlay last week, right? That's right, Sal. Uh, six team, seven to one. Even though some people on Twitter told me they got my parlay at eight to one. Wow! Another winner. The only thing that separated me from having no losses so far this uh, football season was a uh, Browns overtime victory over the Ravens. Wow. Uh, aside from that, I've been perfect. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we hit a 7-1 a to parlay. I, Sal, I had so many teams on it, I can't even tell you which ones That's I had okay. at this point. I, know I the can't Ram- remember. You only really you got know? lucky with the Rams, right? But, I mean, you know, everything else Well, I mean, in. you could say maybe the Bengals I got a little lucky with towards the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, they were comfortably winning that yeah. game. Yeah. They scared me. Well, the uh, Eagles, obviously, got a little Eagles, lucky with the Eagles and the Panthers were your good bets. In those, uh, yeah. Those yeah, and look, it, and the, the Panthers were so strange last week because – yeah, you know everybody. That line was a fishy line. I mean, they were getting. I think by game time, two and a half points. I, I think it went up to. And then they were down seven, uh, and, then, and, they, and they crushed they, them. Yeah, they just beat the crap. Uh, out it was of them. unbelievable, right? So I, I think uh, the Panthers are somebody that. Well, I think they're kind of hitting their stride right now. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm going to come uh, back with another big time five to one parlay this week. It's a little odd right. because it's got three road teams on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is going to be a little bit of a multi-sport uh, parlay, but here it is, Sal. So I got the Chargers, money line, plus 105, 
over the Seahawks. I know they're traveling to Seattle, but uh-huh. that's not too far of a trip. And on, on top of that, they are coming off a bye week. Yep. Um, I just think I think Seattle's been playing a little over their heads lately. Uh, I think this Charger team is pretty legit. I think they're hitting their stride as well. Now rested after a bye week. Aside from our Cowboys, most teams seem to be pretty good off a bye week. Right. Um, so I like the Chargers in that game at plus 105. I explained to you before, I like the Rams as well here, Sal, um, as an underdog. I think uh, as well, plus 105 okay. um, against the Saints on the road. I think the Rams uh, are the best team in the NFC. I think this week they're going to prove that. I think in, the, in their heads, I think they think they're being overlooked a little bit as a team that hasn't lost a game yet. I think they might not uh, feel they're getting the respect they deserve. Uh-huh. Cooks, Brandon Cooks here, maybe a little revenge game uh, against the, the Saints that had him a few years ago. I'm sure he would like to have a huge game. Uh-huh. Uh, so I like the Rams to win that. And then, of course, we're going to throw in an easy one here at minus 420, Sal, the Chiefs over the Browns. I don't even have to elaborate on this. This is an easy one. I know the Browns might have some motivation here with a new coach. Uh, but this Chiefs team is way too talented uh, for the Browns. So that game might be close for like a quarter, and then you're going to see the Chiefs pull away. And, Sal, just to throw this one on it, to make this 5-1, to one, mm-hmm. Dan Cormier, oh. Derek yeah. Lewis, and MMA this weekend. This isn't even fair, this fight. Cormier was uh, started at, I think, minus 600, was minus 800 the other day. Today I saw him at minus 700. Wow. I would advise our listeners, if you have the money, if you have $7,000 and can risk it, put it on Cormier to win 1000 uh, he He's winning this fight easily. Derek Lewis, I think about a month ago he fought, was getting his rear end kicked. Yeah. Landed uh, one punch with like 15 seconds left and knocked his opponent out well, yeah. and won that fight and then proclaimed that he needed to uh, get himself in much better shape for his next fight. Four weeks. He probably took two weeks off. Yeah. Probably training for about two weeks. This is a no-brainer. So I like five that. Five to one, Chargers, Rams, Chiefs, Dan Cormier. I Let's like see it. what happens. So I'm up so much, it almost doesn't, you know, for me, it's just, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I, I can uh, afford to uh, make you a have, few. Uh, that's right. You, have, you have $7,000. You have $7,000. You're going to put on Cormier, right? You just advised everyone. <laughs> Parlay Kids got it. No comment. All right. No comment. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Chargers. I did that once. I came close to that once. Uh, you remember that? I know you did. And it Khabib was an MMA. Fight. Yeah. No, I love well, I, I mean, I threw I threw about half of that on that Khabib fight that one time. That was, I, I almost Cormier had a heart here. attack, even though he won the fight convincingly. But <laughs> well, tough to watch I, a fight like that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of heart attacks, this Lewis guy looks like he's going to have a heart attack every fight, but some somehow wins. <laughs> but I love Cormier. All right. Harry, what do you like? Well, with all these awesome college games going on this week and the pro games, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the 18th-ranked Utah State Aggies, minus 18-and-a-half <laughs> at Hawaii. That's the game I'm choosing as my best bet mm-hmm. for late-night junkies. Uh, the Aggies are 4-0 in conference play, outscoring their opponents in those games by 108 points. They are 7-1 and and have outscored their opponents by 217 points, plus their only loss was a, a seven-point game at Michigan State in which they were winning until the last two minutes until Michigan State scored. So 
They played them on the road and played them very tough. They have a solid balance attack with 24 rushing touchdowns and 18 passing touchdowns. They beat Hawaii last year 38 to nothing, and the last time they visited the Hawaiian Islands, they won by 21. <laughs> In fact, the last four times they have played the Rainbows, Utah State is 4-0 and have won by a combined 100 points in those contests. Despite looking good early in the season, uh, winning as a double-digit underdog, Hawaii is currently on a three-game losing streak while being outscored in those games by 74 points. Hmm. Hawaii averaged 42 points a game in the first uh, six games of the season. In the last three games of the season, they're averaging, or the last four games of the season, they've only averaged 20. So Utah State minus the 18 and a half at Hawaii is my best bet. All right, Brother Bry. What do you like? That's a degenerate Harry, special. Is that Hawaii quarterback, he's still out, right? He's still out. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes it even. Uh, yeah, they're garbage. At this, they're garbage at this point, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah. By the way, by the way, Bri, can I text you during the game since it'll be like 3 a.m. in the morning? Bri will have money on that game. He'll have money on that game for sure. Yeah, yeah, when I'm for, losing the yeah, game in the sure. fourth quarter, for sure. I'll, I'll definitely. <laughs> I'll jump on Utah with you. Utah State with you. But um, and uh, Sal, one thing is we know this week. I, I'm, I guarantee you're going to send us a text. Probably Thursday, saying, "All right, we're putting Cormier, Chiefs, and <laughs> uh, what college team? Is it going to be Alabama? Which one? What, what are we? What are we doing?" I'm already thinking ahead to my lock it in money line parlay best bet uh, on Friday. But yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it's going to have it's going to have the Chiefs and it's going to have Cormier on it for sure. Fantastic, fantastic. But uh, and uh, let me just congrats uh, to Derek because seven oh one is. Is, that's pretty hard Excellent. to do. Uh, Good job, impressive, Good job. impressive, impressive streak. And yet I am going against him this week because Ooh. I am going with the Seahawks minus 125 to win. So I didn't want to take the minus one and a half points at minus 115. I figured it was just better off just taking them to win at minus 125. Look, they've played really well the last five games, won four of the last five. They easily could have won at home against the Rams. They probably should have won that game. Mm. But really, all you need to know is Russell Wilson is 12-0 at home against AFC teams. 12-0. So that right there, there's just some things about playing in Seattle – uh, I couldn't tell you the last time San Diego played in Seattle, mm. but uh, that's probably when they were that, in San Diego. That, yeah, <laughs> I know. Probably, probably. I know. We, I, know I, I keep saying it. San Diego. But that's geez. all right. But their offense, their offense for the Seahawks has really started to play well. Um, Carson's looked well. I feel like there's more weapons all of a sudden. You know, he's not even throwing a ball door anymore. He's throwing the guys like Moore and, and Lockett all over the field. Their defense is kind of young and flying around the field. So I, I do like them. I, I feel like ever since uh, Earl Thomas gave them the finger, they've kind of been a little bit motivated there. And then the Chargers, on the other hand, while they've won four in a row, that was against the Raiders, the Browns, the 49ers, and Titans. I know they had the bye week. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, stats with the, the London teams, the teams playing in London off of a bye. But, again, even when they played the Raiders, the, the Chargers were not, were not that impressive. I do like them for the year. I do not like them in this game. Again, 12-0 and for Russell Wilson against AFC teams at home. So I love them at minus 125. I can't get a feel for the Chargers because, like you said, they've beaten four cupcake teams and but they lost to the two arguably the best the Chiefs and the Rams right so 
I still don't yeah. feel like I know what, what their identity is. I know their head coach, Anthony Lynn, is about to murder betters in one of these games for sure. He's, he's, he's really lucking out. That's a tough game. That's a tough one. And for that reason, I'm sorry, Parlay Kid, it's probably to my detriment, but I'm going to eliminate your parlay. And I, Brother Brian, I'm going to eliminate yep. yours because I, don't, I, I just think that's a tough game on, on both bets. Harry, it looks like I'm with you in Utah State. It looks like we're staying up late this Saturday night. Minus 18 and a half over nice. Hawaii. Let's rock and roll. All right. <laughs> let's win that. All right, quickly, let's sign off here. Uh, actually, uh, Tate, what did you did you like any of those? What's your take on Seattle games? Yeah, that Seattle game is really tough. I like the, that stat about him beating all those AFC teams. It's good for NC State. NC State quarterbacks taking on each other. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, I think you're probably right, though. That game's kind of a toss-up. But yeah. I, I like... I like parlay kids seven and one. That's impressive. Yeah, pretty good. And this one's five to one. Yeah, everyone should bet these, but you know, yeah, maybe that's your hedge. Bet brother Brian's and also bet parlay kids. It's, you'll win one of them, maybe. Um, Harry, I'm going with yours. Uh, where could see, people see you? You can find me at aao harry <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, this past week, I went one zero and one in my college picks. So that puts me at 10, 2, and 1 against the spread the last three weeks. Pretty good. Nice. Right. And you could see Harry uh, live in person at the, the Phoenix, what is it, Sky Harbor Airport, abusing uh, female traffic cops, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, to my, uh, it really wasn't my fault. I mean, I'm, no. I am parked illegally. I, so, uh, but she could have warned me. She just gives me a ticket. I've been picking up my boss, Ken, there for 10 years. <laughs> and she gives me a ticket. When there was nobody there. Probably because Ken not wasn't nice. there. Not nice. And then, well, not nice what you said to her. You called her, what'd you call her, sweetheart? She has a quote. It's the end of the called month. Called her sweetheart because she was getting a little testy with me. So I got a little mouthy with her. <laughs> you know, uh, she called the cops on me, and thank God Ken came out finally as I waited 10 minutes. And, uh... And uh, we got out of there before the cops came because she was calling the cops on me because uh, <laughs> we were having a little uh, little beef. Yeah. <laughs> and what did Ken? I didn't like Ken, Ken the and I didn't Ken like Ken is always a let cooler heads prevail kind of guy. What yeah. did he advise you to do? What did he say? <laughs> Ken, Ken's well, and I, I have priors. He said to the to the extent it, it's legally nothing can happen, so we could go back and uh, we could go back and. Uh, Say something not so nice to her, but uh, I just yeah. drove off. He said, to "Tell her to f off." Right? He almost insisted you go back. Oh, oh boy, what a life! Yeah, you know, he, he thought it was uh, that would that would have been the better plan. But, uh, <laughs> well, well you, you, I'm sure you'll have another it chance. Not, That's a good the good news. There'll be yeah. another, more opportunities ahead. Um, Brother Bry, <laughs> where are you going to be this weekend, and uh, where could people catch you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I'm at the brother Bry. I uh, went one, two, and one in my college picks, so I'm eighteen, thirteen, and one, which is still pretty good. Although I felt like I should have won all four this weekend. I felt like a couple of bad beats with that mm-hmm. uh, Texas Tech game. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I will be at uh, my nephew Parlay Kid's son's uh, big playoff game. Darren can get into that, but uh, yeah. But uh, one thing for Harry, Harry, uh, I was going to say. When did you start becoming like so, giving this attitude or becoming so angry? I, it, Ken's rubbing off on you yeah. here. Huh? I used to be like the nicest guy, and then you're giving, yeah. you're, you're yelling at, uh, you're yelling at females. What's happening here? Ken overser- uh, you know, overserves Tate, and then he, he advises Harry to, to to act in a felonious manner. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe you know what it is. Maybe I'm. I'm t- it's the, the like I said, the hippity dippity has been on the decline oh lately. Oh Being sick, so. <laughs> Not getting. Uh, I'm not. I got to get my frustration out somehow. You know. 
You asked if for it, Brian. Get it, Brian. Some other way. Brian, you asked for it. Now we all have yeah. that image in our head. But Harry, so we could we could <laughs> yeah. safely assume that the female traffic cop is not one of the few women or handful of women that have said you have a perfectly shaped head. She didn't like me one bit. No, she didn't like. <laughs> she didn't see the she didn't see the full shape, Harry. That's what it was. Parley kid, the Glen oh, Knights are gonna uh, win. They're gonna win this week. Playoff game. Your sons are playing. Quarterback and wide receiver. Yeah. First of all, you're at the chalk talker, right? But let's handicap this at football game. At the chalk talker, so yeah, good game. I, you know, Kyle didn't play last week. Um, right. His backup, Thomas Jeremita, had a very nice game. Uh, in his ah, plate, enough so. of Thomas Jeremita. Oh, enough with him. That was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Thomas's brother was an NCAA Division three wrestling champion too. His brother oh, okay. uh, Joey. All right. So, well, uh, him up I up like up at Cortland. <laughs> up at Cortland. Uh, <laughs> And they do listen to the they do listen to the pot, so I just gave them a little All bit right. of a shout, shout out, out there too. Shout out so, to you guys. Uh, yep. Good, good for them. And uh, yeah, this week I mean Kyle's probably so it's probably I'm going to say like sixty percent right now. His knee is still, uh, you know, mm. he's not a hundred percent. But I think they get by this week, and then uh, you know we don't want to look past it. But um, you know they're probably a two touchdown favorite in this game, and then. Uh, Next week will be uh, maybe a little bit of a revenge game against uh, most likely Shoreham Waiting River. All so right. We'll talk a, bit, a little bit about that next week. Does it bother you that uh, Vegas has Thomas Jeremita over on their 96.5 passing yards? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if. I, I, I hope Kyle gets in there. I hope it happens. All right. Come on. Go, Glenn Knights. Let's go far this year. Uh, Tate, where can people find you? Uh, at Tate Frazier, GM Street, uh, Tuesdays, Fridays, One Shining Podcast, going on the road, leaving Thursday night. Hopefully I'll have my voice when I'm on the road, but uh, at this rate, probably not. Tate, is this your third or fourth podcast today? Uh, fourth. fourth. God, unbelievable. <laughs> He's not even kidding. You did you did two? Oh, yeah, did two, two, with preview, Titus? two previews with Titus, a GM Street after the trade deadline. Actually, this is my fifth. fifth. And then, yeah, Simmons dragged you on. Yeah, and then I did Bill's podcast. And so now this is this. number five. Yeah. Uh, all right. Feels like the old days. Go home, get some uh, rest, Ferris. <laughs> rest up. <laughs> Actually, you can't because we have Gary Myers coming up. Uh, let's take a break and we'll be back with him. Hey, guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, yet some of you are still watching football from the sidelines. Such a shame. Whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, MyBookie gives you the chance to create a big parlay. Hey, pick three teams to win. You hit all three, turn 100 into 600, 200 into 1,200, three into 18. The math goes on and on and on. There's so much to bet on. Hockey, primetime fights, football, and so much more. MyBookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. MyBookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you've got to join now because they'll be pulling that offer soon. Log on to MyBookie right now and double your money. Use promo code SAL, and they'll match your first deposit 100%. That's promo code SAL. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds. On the phone right now, this is a real treat. Guy who's been covering the NFL for 40 years. It's Jimmy the Greek. No, it's not him. He's an NFL columnist, just left the New York (laughs) Daily News this year, Uh, member of the cast of HBO's Inside the NFL, voter. He currently has a vote for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He writes for The Athletic, and he's written a kick-ass book. It's a good one. It's called How About Them Cowboys Inside the Huddle with the Stars and Legends of America's Team. Gary Myers, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. Sal, thanks so much for having me on. And, you know, I did a little research and found out 
You're a huge Cowboys fan, so you are my target audience for this book. <laughs> I am, I am. We <laughs> took uh, different paths to get to uh, being a fans of the Cowboys, but uh, we both at some point were New Yorkers rooting for the Cowboys, I think, right? <laughs> well, I never rooted for them. I'm just an objective journalist. But how does somebody... I always ask people in New York who are Cowboys fans, you have two teams here. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you root for the Cowboys? So I guess I'll ask you that question. <laughs> well, I have a. W- I mean, this is as lame as an excuse uh, as I can give. But when I was uh, like six years old, my father went to Dallas on a business trip. I, everyone, everyone's sick of hearing this, but he bought me back a, like a nice shiny Cowboys jacket. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I had already liked the show Dallas was on TV because they would show the Cowboys mm-hmm. arena in the, in the beginning. Who didn't love the cheerleaders and Tony Dorsett and everything? And then for the next 35 years, he was trying to convince me to be a Jets fan, and it just wasn't uh, <laughs> working. So, but, so that, that's my path. Now, I know you had a different thing. Um, you started writing in Dallas. It almost didn't last very long, right, because of a little uh, mix-up with Drew Pearson? Well, actually, I wound up working at the Dallas Morning News right. for for eight years. But uh, when I went down there in '81, uh, one of the first stories I did, uh, I printed all the cowboy salaries in the paper, which was something we were doing all the time in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought that little bit of journalism with me to Dallas, and so I got a phone call from Drew in the in the Dallas Morning News office that day. You know, we plastered it across the top of the sports section, and. Uh, so Drew calls me up, and he's all ticked off at me. And I go, what's the matter? <laughs> and he goes, Your salary you had for me, you think I would make less than Butch Johnson, who's my <laughs> backup? <laughs> so I had gotten the numbers from the NFL Players Association. Yeah. And I really should have questioned it when I, when I saw that they had Drew at less than Butch Johnson. But I figured they had all the up-to-date numbers. Drew had recently signed a, a new contract. so And I didn't have those numbers. Oh. So he was, he was actually embarrassed. Because you know, people looked at it and said, "Why would you? Why would you be making less than your backup?" And wow, that's funny. So we straightened that out the next day. Well, two, that's funny. Well, two things on that. First of all, you this day, and it seems like you would be you you'd be embarrassed to you know, if anyone told you you made more than you did. You know, like no, no, no. I want to keep that for profile. The second Please thing right. is, second thing is, how silly is that? Looking back now, I, I could access everyone's salary in the league in, in eight seconds online, right? Yeah, I know. And, you know, back then it was a big deal because um, obviously it was the days before the Internet and and all these databases where you can just, like you said, just kind of click on your computer and find out anybody that you want. So when when I was able to get somebody from the Players Association, and I can, I can say that now 37 years later, I, I didn't tell anybody back then who it was. Right. Um, but when I was able to get those numbers, I, uh, this was like, you know, like Christmas or Halloween or whatever, it was it was great because I knew I had a big story. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not so much anymore. I mean, it's just too readily available. Now, let me. I enjoyed the book. Let me ask you: with America's team, are they still America's team? I have this argument with people. I say yes. I, I don't think there is there's any question that they are. Yeah. Um, they still get the highest TV ratings. Mm-hmm. They're still the most popular team in the world. Um, they're worth. Five billion dollars, which is more than than any team in the world, um, it's a phenomenon, really, and really was the it's a basis for my initial plan for the book. Is how is a team, Sal, that hasn't been in the Super Bowl in over twenty years? How are they most the most valuable and profitable team in the world? Yeah, it, it almost defies logic. 
Right. But they're incredibly successful off the field, even if they haven't been incredibly successful on the field, you know, since the 1995 season. And um, if it is popular now without having the warning to back it up, can you imagine what it would be like if the Cowboys, if and when they ever make a Super Bowl again? Yeah, oh, I know it. I think about it all the time. But, you know, I, I wonder with Jerry Jones, like, he has had, he's built such an empire and, you know, it, it, it's crazy like the Stan Kroenke's of the world. They try to, and you mentioned in your book, they try to copy him in terms of the structure of the stadium and how it's built and how they, all the uh, bells and whistles. And yet they can't, they can't get back to the Super Bowl. They can't get back past the second round in the, in the playoffs. It's really very strange. I wonder how much Jerry Jones would trade for all that. Would he trade? Would he rather have like a middling organization like the Cincinnati Bengals, but make the playoffs? Not that they make the playoffs all the time, but you know what I'm saying. I, it's, it's just got to drive him absolutely crazy that he's got this incredible business sense, and yet he can't put the horses together uh, to make the playoffs or, or beyond. Yeah, I mean, people have really questioned that. I think that you know Jerry has even been asked recently, you know, would you trade? Yeah. Um, all your, you know, all your business success for another Super Bowl. Listen, I, I know it really bothers him. Um, he's very competitive. Mm-hmm. But he loves to make money, but he also loves to win. He just happens to be better at making money than, than winning. Yeah. And um, uh, I, you know, he's told me that um, you know he thinks the biggest failing of his years with the Cowboys is not winning a Super Bowl with Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. Because he holds Tony in such high regard, yeah. and feels that he failed Tony not putting a team around him that that can get him to a Super Bowl. So it eats at him; it, it really does. And you know, he told me many times during the course of these interviews that I did with him that he, he just can't he can't grasp the concept that it's been so long mm-hmm. that they've been to a Super Bowl. He just he just doesn't get it. You know that what has gone wrong, and they've come close. Not close to the Super Bowl, but they've come close to at least being on the path. Right. You know, in 07, they had the best team in, in the NFC that year. Yep. And they they lost um, to the Giants. And mm-hmm. in, in 2016, they had the the best team in the NFC, and they, they lost to the Packers on that miracle yep. Aaron Rodgers throw. So, um, listen, he's in the Hall of Fame because he taught the NFL. Uh, he taught millionaires how to become billionaires. Yeah. Um, he'd love to be known to be in the Hall of Fame for his business, for his football smarts, mm-hmm. but he's in there for his business smarts. I know, and it's just, and I know that stubbornness has made him a billionaire, but it's also, I think, the reason why they can't advance. He won't relinquish the GM duties. You know, they have mm-hmm. the family working together, and I kind of know the Jones family. I know, and I've been lucky enough to become friendly with Tony Romo, and I have some insiders, not not as connected as you are, but and today's a great example. They trade Amari Cooper. Now, Amari Cooper is much younger than the guy, not much younger, but considerably younger than the wide receivers we saw traded today. But what did they get? Demarius Thomas, what was that? Fourth round, fourth and seventh? Tate, what was it? Right. Golden yeah. Tate, a third? Like, yeah. it was, uh, they just, and it just, they have the egg on their face, not even a week after making that Amari Cooper trade already. And it, and it, it stinks. Well, Amari Cooper is a better player than Golden Tate or Demarius Thomas. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's younger. Um, he's under contract longer than at least Golden Tate. Um, he, he was a fourth player picked in the draft just a few years ago, and he, he's been in a rut in Oakland, like most players that wind up in Oakland get into a rut after a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think he I think he was worth the risk. 
you know, certainly you'd rather not give up a number one pick, but um, from what I'm told, he's certainly better than any receiver they could have got um, in the draft next year. Now, the way you can question them is passing on Calvin Ridley in the draft this year right? to take Leighton Van Der Esch, the linebacker, who has become a very good player, and they need him because Sean Lee he's playing well. is always hurt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Calvin Ridley is, is was taken by the Falcons eight spots later by a team that already had Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and he's having a great season. So um, if Amari Cooper can put up big numbers, then um, then it was worth it. If he turns out to be, you know, Roy Williams or um, Joey Galloway, which the Cowboys paid big mm-hmm. for, and they, neither one of them worked out, then it'll be another mistake. But um, he's only 24, 25 years old. He's fast. He's got good hands. Um, he got a, a glowing report when the Cowboys did their research on his character. Yeah. So now it's just a question of can Dak get him the ball? Right. Yeah. And I, I just I look at it in terms of other teams what they offered, and it's come out that five GMs offered nothing better than a second round pick, and right. it, I, it just drives me crazy. But but the one yeah. saving grace is that I'm not a big Jason Garrett fan, and I think this is a shit or get off the pot moment for him. I think this is Jerry Jones saying, "Hey, we could zigzag to an eight and eight season, which it kind of looks like they're doing." Or we can make the playoffs and put this on Garrett as this is the last call for you. Do you do you sense that at all, or do you think he has mm-hmm. carte blanche? Do you think he's he's good for two, three more years? No, I think that um, I think the fans in Dallas are pretty fed up. And I spent a week there uh, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, doing a book tour, and I, I really and this is right after um, no, it was right before they they lost to Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just sense that, uh, you know, the victory over Jacksonville, if it didn't give them momentum to go beat Washington, that the patience was running thin with Garrett. And then they lose that game uh, to Washington. And um, I, I just feel that, you know, the fans, they, they can't quite understand because Jerry has been so impatient with his coaches, Yeah, you know, after Jimmy left. That, why is it why is it Garrett that's getting such a long leash? So by by giving him the receiver now that um, clearly was lacking mm-hmm. from the first half of the season, and then if the offense continues to struggle, uh, I would not be surprised if if this is the time that he makes a change. But you know, just remember this: so he loves Jason Garrett. I yeah. mean, he really does. Well, that's obvious. Um, I mean, I, I don't understand how he can keep this job. Well, as long Gar- as well. Garrett lets Jerry be Jerry. There aren't a lot of coaches, other than those that are desperate for a job, that walk in there and have the owner be the general manager and sit in on the Monday team meeting, the staff meetings, and hold a press conference after every game, which overshadows whatever the coach has to say. There aren't a lot of established coaches that are going to put up with that. Right. So Garrett doesn't say a word. I mean, he's okay with it. Um, yeah, okay, and that's fine. And I, 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 I understood that for the first five years or so. But what are you getting anymore? Yeah. He's relinquished play calling duties. He's not a good schemer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do any of that stuff good. He sits there on the sideline and claps. And you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's won a game for them. You know, like he maybe like three years yeah. ago, he won a game from. He, they won the game. I think they beat the Giants in in the Meadowlands, and that was a big one years and years ago. And they're like, all right, he's not the interim coach. We got to keep this guy. And they just, they, he just never. He just never let go of the position. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, I, listen, I got to know Jason really well when he he was a backup quarterback for the Giants. I was, I was back in New York at that point. And, 
uh, in the early 2000s. I thought, you know, in, in, I spent a lot of time talking to him in the locker room. I thought he was going to be a dynamic head coach. I mean, mm-hmm. He's a smart guy, obviously. I thought he had a good, good personality mm-hmm. to relate to players. Um, you know, when he decided to stay on Wade Phillips' staff as the offensive coordinator, he could have had the Ravens' job or the Falcons' job that year. Mm-hmm. So he was really highly regarded. Yeah. around the NFL. He's just been a, a terrible disappointment Yeah, as a head coach. I'm not quite sure what he's lacking, except victories. You know, I don't know right. what's missing from the package. Maybe it's, you know, the courage to have faith in his players on a fourth and one in Houston or well, um, that, yeah. how to manage a, a last-minute drive in, in Washington to get the kicker uh, uh, an easier shot at the at the winning field goal, it's just there's something missing there. Yeah, it just is. Yeah, I'd say and, so. Yeah, and they, 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 they don't even have the horses this year. I don't even think this is a playoff team anyway. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say this is the year to blame them for stuff, but because they'll, if they're eight and eight, that's fine. That's probably about as far as this team. But can I'll, go. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, Sal, that yeah. you know they really miss Travis Frederick in the sure. middle of the offensive line. I think we learn now that he was their best offensive lineman. Uh-huh. Um. But their defense is pretty good. I mean, they get good pressure on the quarterback. And if Amari Cooper can be productive, and you have Zeke, mm-hmm. um, and Cole Beasley's a good second or third receiver, then there's no excuses the second half of the season because the NFC East stinks. Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, Philadelphia's not what it was last year. And I saw you know, Washington the other day against the Giants. I mean, they struggled to beat the Giants. So yeah. it's right there for the Cowboys. They just have to get on a roll, you know, starting with their Monday night game against Tennessee at home. Right. All right. One thing I want to read here, and it was—it's not even uh, indicative of your great writing, but it is a, a stat here. Um, okay. I want to read on page one hundred of your book uh, because I'm such a Romo guy, and that's probably why I'm, I'm not in love with Jason Garrett. I know they're whatever. It's just going to get okay. me crazy talking about. It. But Romo ranks first in passing yards and touchdowns in Cowboys history, with Aikman second. Aikman played in nine more games, but Romo threw for about 1,200 more yards and had 83 more touchdowns and 24 fewer interceptions. Romo's numbers completely blow away Roger Staubach's. What do we have to do? I, I, you know, I'm happy for Romo. He's moved on. He's got, you know, he's got the broadcasting. Well, that was really well written. Thank you. Yeah, no, you really, the way you uh, ordered it, it was Romo and then Aikman <laughs> and then back to Staubach. Yeah, p- people could have screwed that up. That was that was a nice job. <laughs> of all the excerpts for me to take, I basically read a statistic uh, to you. But do you feel bad for Romo? Bad. Do you feel bad for him like I do? Like he'll never get his due at quarterback. I don't think he makes the Hall of Fame just because of the way quarterbacks um, produce these days. He'll he'll get lost in the shuffle there. And he didn't have enough playoff wins, but God, he was the he was the best I had seen in a long time, and it was just so nifty in the pocket, and I miss him to death. Yeah, no, there was a stretch there where they had an opportunity to make the playoffs by winning the last game of the season. I mean, you probably recall this better than I do, but it was like two or three years in a row. It seemed winning you ran in the last week, and he kept losing those games, mm-hmm. and then. You know, the 07, when they had that, that great team, yep. and he decided to go to Cabo the week before with Jessica Simpson. Yeah, yeah. Not that that had any, you know what? I talked to him for a while about that for the book, and obviously him going away for that weekend had zero impact on the game. Right. He, except that he when he came it. back, he had to answer questions the entire week about it. Of course, it. of course. 
Well, and the, and and the bad part of it was that Terrell Owens, and I want to get into that in a second, but Terrell Owens, yeah. um, you know, held it against him more than anybody, and it, like, be, uh, created dissension. And you say that uh, Bill Parcells had no use for Terrell Owens, right? Oh, no. Uh, Bill um, Bill says that, uh, and I didn't think this was an actual thing when he told me that mm-hmm. he really believed that Owens had a narcissistic disorder. And I thought Bill was just kind of making that up. And I, I Googled mm-hmm. it and found out there was actually, you know, a, a disorder like that. And, uh, I mean, I'm no doctor or psychologist or whatever, so I don't know if he fits that category. But Bill Bill really had no use for him. He he didn't want Jones to sign him, but Bill didn't have final say mm-hmm. um, in Dallas. So he just tolerated him for yeah. a year, never referred to him by his name. And I've been around Bill forever. I've never heard him intentionally avoid using a player's name. He would just call him the player. Wow. Um, it was just so obvious after a while that he just didn't want him around. Mm. Um, but but you know what? The, the thing that drove Bill into retirement, and, and people misunderstood this, it wasn't having a coach T.O. for a year. It was your buddy Romo dropping the snap in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, in that playoff game. Yeah. And he, it's not like he holds it against Tony. It was just the whole circumstance where Bill had reached a point in his life where it was taking so much energy for him to get through a season. And so Tony drops the snap for what would have been the winning field goal against Seattle. If the Cowboys yep. had won, they would have gone and played Rex Grossman and the Bears the next week. Right. And Bill was convinced they would have beaten them. Mm-hmm. So after the season, he's thinking, hey, the, you know, all that energy and, and the preparation of off-season workouts and OTAs and mini camps, the draft and training camp and practices and meetings, just to get back to the point where in their position where they would be in position to kick the winning field goal in a playoff game, and he just said, "I, I just don't have it in me." Yeah, no, I know. You know, and but he made a very emotional decision after the season. If he had waited a month, he would have come back. And I, I appreciate Parcells now more than I did when he was coaching. First mm-hmm. of all, for giving uh, Romo a chance, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. subjected to that, that was nice to see all those years. But also, like you know, they made the playoffs one year with Quincy Carter as quarterback, and mm-hmm. I think Troy Hambrick was the running back. They really didn't have anything. I guess T.O. No. was in there, right? Like that. So, yeah, he he made the most out of these teams. Um, if you could advise Jerry Jones on how to build or rebuild the team, what would you say? What if he came to you and said, Gary, just just tell me, what what should I do? What do I do from here? Well, I, I think that he really should remove himself from any football decision decision-making that he's a part of. And I don't think it's quite as much as people – Think because mm-hmm. I have some anecdotes in the book where he he got overruled in the draft room, you know, specifically with Johnny Manziel, sure. and then he deferred to his football people. But I also think having his son Stephen, who I really do respect, and um, Parcel says a lot of great things to say about Stephen, and, and Stephen learned a lot from those four years with Parcells. But I think anytime you have family members making football decisions, it, it's not really a good thing um, because it becomes too emotional. Uh, so I mean, the first thing I would tell him is I think he really needs to get a, a real personnel man. And well, maybe it's Will McClay, who's the personnel director, and just promote him mm-hmm. and give him final say. But they have to take the final say of the football matters out of the family's hands. Yeah. Um, that, that's, I think that would be my major advice I would give him. That, uh, because you know what? They're not that far away. If Dak, if Dak can play like he did two years ago, mm-hmm. This team really isn't that far away. Obviously, they got a 
reconstruct the offensive line a little bit because it's not nearly as good as it's been. Right. Um, but you know, again, a lot of it depends. If Cooper turns out to be really a really really productive receiver again, then I, I just don't think they're that far away. Um, yeah, maybe not. I mean, the Rams and the Saints look like they're going to be okay for a couple of years. So that you know, yeah, I know. If, if you have to beat well, both I mean, of them in the playoffs, Drew Brees is thirty nine years old. Yeah, I know. He's also going to win MVP this year. <laughs> I don't know. It's very yeah, strange. I mean, if he turns out to be Tom Brady and can play for a couple of years, then right. he'll be fine. But you know, as soon as Brady leaves, as soon as Brees leaves, those teams are going to go in the other direction. Yeah, ah, he should have stayed with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson could have been the, well, the greatest ever, right? Like people, I feel like have forgotten about how great Jimmy Johnson was. Yeah, I mean that that was just a whole ego thing, and it's really a shame. You know, Jerry is Jerry told me that. Um, he's known to handle losing much better than handle winning, and you think it would be the other way around. Uh-huh. But um, what happened with him and J- Jimmy was, you know, the first year when they were 1-15 and everybody was calling, was calling them a bunch of bozos, it bonded them together yeah. into like an us-against-them mentality. And then, you know, they, they were 1-15 and they were 7-9, and nine, and the third year they made the playoffs, and the fourth year they won the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden... You know, Jerry, who had concentrated almost totally on turning around the team's finances, they were losing a million dollars a month when they bought the team. Mm-hmm. And so he, his total focus was on the money, and Jimmy's total focus was on the football. But Sal, when they went to Super Bowl in their fourth year, no one was, you know, throwing a parade for Jerry because all of a sudden the Cowboys were making a lot of money. Right, right. They were throwing a parade for Jimmy because he he built a Super Bowl team. So Jerry said, well... I want some of that credit. Yeah. And that's where it all started. There was not enough credit for it to go around, and mm-hmm. Jimmy started resenting Jerry trying to take the credit, and Jerry resented Jimmy taking all the credit. Right. And it led to a deterioration of the relationship. And then he brings Switzer in, and even that, even he, like, he would never bring a guy like Switzer in now, right? He, like, even he was a, a hard-nosed, hey, look at me kind of guy, more than, more than Jason Garrett, for sure, right? Well, Switzer was just a character. Yeah, uh, he was almost a caricature. Um, you know, just the fact that he got to the NFC Championship game in his first year with Jimmy's players and won the Super Bowl in his second year right. with Jimmy's players, it does prove to a certain extent Jerry's point that any one of 500 coaches could have won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. with the team they built because if Barry Switzer can win the Super Bowl, there's got to be 499 other coaches that could have done it. Right. Right. You know, he, he was the he was the problem, and uh, you know, as I really thought this through, as I, I was writing this book, you know, that's about the time sound that free agency was hitting, mm-hmm. and all the good teams always got picked apart in free agency. But Jimmy, not only was a great coach, but he was better with the personnel than he was as a coach. Yeah. So even though they were losing players, if Jimmy was still there, he would have just replenished the roster. He would have made tr- all kinds of trades on draft day to pick up extra picks. Yeah. He was great at identifying the players that fit his system and that were really going to be productive. When he left, of course, they were getting picked apart by free agency, but they had nobody there to replenish the roster like Jimmy could have. Yeah, well, you had, a, you, you had a GM in, in him, too. You know, he was a coach. He, he was all on top of everything. And he starved the players, as you mentioned in the in the book, right? <laughs> he didn't let them eat until if they lost, they couldn't eat on the bus, right? They had to wait till they got back. It wasn't only on the bus. I mean, Michael Irvin said if they lost the road game, um, they couldn't – there was no food for them until they until they got home. Until they Because <laughs> – 
Yeah, because the, the flight attendants would be bringing the food cart down the aisle, and Jimmy would tell them to go back. I can't imagine um, the Nate Newtons and the Leon Letts uh, put up with that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if, uh, well, they do have a little bit of food, you know. As they walk out of the locker room, teams usually have sandwiches right. for their players. Um, so they probably grabbed a sandwich or... Or knowing need, he probably found a way to, to hit a concession stand on the way out of the stadium. That's right. Yeah. Uh, before he got on the team bus. <laughs> he tunneled on the ground. Oh. Well, thanks. I mean, I really I had a great time reading the book. It's called How About Them Cowboys Inside the Huddle with the Stars and Legends of America's Team. Gary Myers, thanks. I appreciate you coming on, pal. Sal, thanks so much for having me on. I enjoyed it. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Shoot us an email, why don't you, at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. Lock it in Monday through Friday, Fox Sports 1. That's my sports gambling show. I'm on it. I'm also on the college football pregame show on Fox, the real Fox, on Saturdays. And watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for Gary Myers, Tate Frazier, and the Degenerate Trifecta. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. No, no, no.